0: Okay, good morning, gentlemen. We're on uh, Kuf Tesvav Bey's 115B. We're going to start four lines from the bottom. Omar Shmuel. Uh, Shmuel taught, Lechem uh, Oniksev, Matzah, which is the central mitzvah of, um, of the night, together with the Haggadah uh, to the Binchad, giving over to the next generation. Uh, but the, the mitzvah Torah of Matzah it, the Torah calls it lechem oni. It's called. It, we always get confused when people make the bracha hamotzi lechem and heres matzah is lechem. It is bread, but it's called bread of oni. And so the question is, good morning. What does that word oni mean? So the first explanation given, lechem she'onan love dvorim. It's bread that we uh, answer on it words. It, it's bread with a story. There's a story to it. In other words, we have to make sure that when we, we bring out the matzah, there's a narrative to the matzah. There's a reason that we're eating the matzah, that we, we tell over the story. We, t- give over the, uh, we explain what the matzah is all about. It's not, uh, uh, usually, bread is just for eating. Over here, matzah has, it comes with uh, the, the seder. That's answer number one. And uh, there's a proof to that. It's the, the bread that you say on it many things. It's okay. That's the first explanation. The second explanation, uh, even though it's spelled with oni, which means bread that comes with a story, bread that you answer on, um, it could be anixiv. It's, uh, it's red. Um, the letters spell out a poor man's bread, and uh, it's it's uh, the nature of this bread is that my ani shadarko beprusa, just like a poor man, he has only a little piece. He doesn't always have whole loaves. Afkan baprusa. On all our yamim tovim, when we make a bracha, we try to make a bracha on a whole loaf. Uh, but the seder night, as we turn around the top of today's page, we don't have uh, the matzah is not always whole, because the, uh, the, it symbolizes the affliction of that we're not totally whole. As long as Jews are suffering, we are not, uh, we're not whole. And we have to remember that uh, there was a time when we weren't whole, where we were piece, in pieces. And uh, that should affect us when we deal with people that have, have suffered. Let's take a quick look at the Rashbam. Uh, first Rashbam on the page. Rashi is almost identical. Avkan matza. Lemis masile. Now, the Rashbam says we still do the two whole ones. Uh, now, two is because of the, the man fell uh, before Yantuf, just like it fell before Shabbos. It's actually debatable what happened with the man. Tostos talks about that as far as Yantuf goes. But uh, we assume that there's a mitzvah of having Lecha Mishnah, two loaves, on every holiday, just like we do on Shabbos, so you bring the two whole pieces of matzah, mishum hamotzi. De mishar and then uh, And then uh, you, even though we're saying that you have a piece, it's a piece together with whole ones. That's a, that's the way the Reshbam explains over here. And uh, just as uh, if you're intrigued by it, like I said, Tosfos has a whole discussion over here about exactly how it works. So. Do you make the mozi on the whole one, or do you make the uh, mozi on the partial? Um, and uh, exactly, like I said, that, there's a discussion over here. Back to the Gemara. Uh, that's the second explanation. And now we have a third explanation. My uh, On the top of the line, my darko Uh when a poor person uh, uh, bakes, he doesn't have servants uh, to do the baking for him. So, who does the work? He gets his family involved. Who masik ofa? He does the, um, uh, he, he, one person does the, uh, uh, the um, what do you call that when you pound the dough? One of them Needing. does the kneading, thank you. And then one does the baking. Afkan nami hu masik ofa? Here also, uh, with uh, matzah, you need to, uh, you can't do it by yourself. Uh, meaning that you have to, it has to be constantly in movement. And uh, because if you put it down, it'll rise. Uh, Even uh, when you're kneading, sometimes you've already got it round, and um, you know it's like the uh, the airplanes when they're waiting to take off. They start, you know. So sometimes you've got a a whole bunch of matzahs waiting to go in the oven. That's a problem because when the matzah is sitting, even within the eighteen minutes, it could start to rise, and so you you have to keep on rolling and keep on pounding until. And then they have a runner who actually takes it and runs it into the oven and so uh, that's that's hinted to over here that uh, uh, the person has uh, doesn't do it alone uh, he doesn't uh, he has his wife help him, so that's also hinted to in the matza that it has to be baked. Other people learned that it's done uh, a poor person can't hire others. you have to be involved in the matza to make sure it's done correctly that's what's what the uh intent here is. Make sure your matzahs are kosher. And very big rabbis would go to the matzah factories uh, and uh, make sure it was done properly. Unfortunately, we don't have any matzah factories here in in that way. And uh, we just go to the store and pick out one with a good heksher. Uh, But there is this concept of making sure your matzah is really kosher, is that they did the right good job and and being involved in making sure that uh, it was done without any uh, chance for it to rise. Um, okay, so those are the three lessons from the matzah. Um, uh, number, the number one, the first quarter one, again, is that it's matzah with a story, uh, that you're going to tell a story this Seder night. Number two, uh, that it's the poor man's bread, uh, that we remember the suffering that we had, and it's in pieces. And then number three, it has to be baked with special carefulness to make sure it comes out right. Okay, those are all three lessons. So then we said a shocking statement in the Mishnah that herosis is not a mitzvah. Whoa. So actually, there were two opinions. One opinion was it was a mitzvah. And you have to know what we mean. It's not a mitzvah. Again, we have certain mitzvahs of the Seder. There, there are people that will say, I don't like herosis. <laughs> so they, are they required to dip? No, it doesn't, it's, not a, it's not a mitzvah. And that, the custom is to do it. Uh, but we'll see exactly what it means. So, Leon says, Gemara says, V'ilo mitzvah. if kerosis is not a mitzvah, so, Mishum, what's it doing there? Why is it on the Seder plate? Oh, if it's not a mitzvah, so why does everybody have kerosis? So, Omar Mishum Kappa. He says it's because of the Kappa. So, and if you remember, we discussed the Kappa. Look at the Rashi four lines up, Srafa chazeres, the uh, the acidity of the bitter herbs. Tasha, it's difficult to eat, and so it's, it's, if you're going to eat, um, so again, what's happened is that most people today eat romaine lettuce, which isn't so uh, isn't so hard to eat. But if you were eating just horseradish or re- some of the real bitter herbs, um, I have heard that there's a stage in romaine lettuce that if you um, our romaine is harvested at a time where it's not sour, but if you would harvest it, I guess a little early, it would be very sour. Uh, but uh, and it doesn't, as long as it's a species that's bitter, you don't have to pick out the most bitter piece. <laughs> but uh, if you had one of those really bitter pieces, uh, so uh, it could uh, be very difficult to swallow. So first, you dip it in the charosis to take the sting off the um, uh, off the um, uh, the bitter herbs. So that's the re- so really, it's not a rigid requirement according to this view, but it's to take the sting off the bitter herbs. There was another explanation in the Rashbam about the, the worms that are on the bitter herbs, the bugs, that they smell the kappa, they smell the, uh, the pungency of the wine, and they, they fall off or they die. There was a whole discussion. That was also in the mix. But at any rate, but this, uh, but we're going now with Rashi. The kappa just means to take the sting off the, uh, off the mark. Omrebasi, kappa de khasa. Now, what happens if the, you eat uh, bitter herbs... And uh, you get that stink. You didn't uh, sufficiently... Um, so what, what, uh, what's the cure? Uh, what does a person do if they ate bitter herbs and they feel like they, uh, they're choking and whatever? So chama. So get a hot drink, hot drink, hot water. That will cure the, uh, um, uh, that acidity. And now once we're on that statement that there's a cure, there's a fix, uh, if you eat certain foods that don't agree with you, or they they uh, person is choking or coughing or whatever. So um, uh, so we're going to just mention some other famous fixes. Oh, wait a yeah. I'm just going to add that in the uh, translation over here. He says that kappa is a radish. I'm sorry, that chama is a radish. Yeah. Not, not that it's hot. He says it's a radish. Oh, okay. I think he brings down the rush bomb, who says that it's radish. Okay. See. Rashbam. Yeah, thank you. It is a radish. Okay. Uh, I wonder a comma with the hay maybe with hot water. I I don't I don't remember what I mixed that up with, but okay. Um so uh but it was be- go on to say that the we're distinguishing between the kappa of a radish and the kappa of a leek. The cup of a leak is hot water. Oh, okay. It's just Thank you. I, I got I got mixed up. I appreciate that. By the way, I, uh, um, I I'm like everybody. First of all, when I, I learn it in the morning, I'm sometimes not all awake, and then also we go so fast that it's very easy to uh, make mistakes, and we we certainly want to get it right. Um, so uh, so if you eat too much um, bitter herbs, then eat a radish afterwards uh, to uh, to fix it. Kappa, de chama, now what happens if you eat too many radishes uh, and it doesn't agree with you? Then karti, so then you have uh, a leak. Kappa, de karti, and then if you have too much karti, too many leeks, chamimi, then you have the hot water. Kappa, de kulu, chamimi, oh, okay, yeah, so the, uh, the, 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 um, the remedy for all of them is hot water. Now, uh, what, what do you do while you're waiting uh, to get the hot water? or you're waiting to get the radish. In other words, a person ate these things, and they're really having a hard time. So there's a chant uh, that if you say the chant, uh, it'll, help you, uh, it'll help you digest until you're able to get the hot water. So what's the chant? Kappa, kappa. Uh, kappa, kappa, the poison, poison, or the acid, acid. I recognize you and your seven sons and your eight daughter-in-laws. How would you have... Um, oh, seven daughters and eight daughters-in-law. Okay. Uh, that's, uh, again, it's, uh, that's a mystery exactly what the chant is. All the chants are mysterious. Uh, the only thing I would say about them is that they work, they, or they did work. In other words, if somebody was sitting there choking on horseradish, or, or uh, he would say the chant, or try to say the chant, and he would find that it helped. Uh, uh, okay, back to the Gemara. So then, Rebel Ozman he says, No, uh, cherosis is a mitzvah. My mitzvah, what mitzvah is it? <laughs> Where did it come from? Where does the Torah say cherosis? So Rev Levi said, Zecher le Tapuach. Now, this is surprising because almost nobody knows this. The first answer in our Gemara today, which we're going to know, the reason that we remember the Mora is to remember the apple trees in this in the Pesach story. So, you might ask, where in the Pesach story were there apple trees? So, let's take a quick look at the Rashbam. Zekula Tapua, right? Mesekta Sotashay Yodesh Shambhaneim, below Etziv. So, uh, they, the Jewish women, uh, so the real heroes of Mitzrayim were the Jewish women because the men were ready to give up. Uh, life was so awful that they couldn't even continue Jewish life, we didn't want to think about it, having children. And the Jewish women said that we have to keep on, we have to, uh, no matter what, you know, no matter how difficult, we have to create a future generation. And they would uh, uh, have wanted to continue to have children. But the Egyptians didn't supply maternity wards for them. So they used to give birth uh, under the apple trees. That's where they would go, uh, as as the Rashbam brings. And uh, they uh, Hashem made it easier for them because they didn't have much medical attention. This the Egyptians would sometimes uh, take away Jewish babies, throw them in the sea, and so they were able to go and uh, give birth by the tapuach, by these trees. So we're remembering the uh, the harosis uh, is remembering the Jewish women who were moyser nefesh to raise the children, and uh, that's the. That's the cheros. You wouldn't think we'd all remember that. Better have apple in the charosis, no? Absolutely, that's that's correct. That's what we want to say. Is the so that's the reason for the cherosis? Is that remember the tepuach. Reb Yochanan says no. Uh Instead, we're remembering the cement, we're remembering the bricks. That the the hard work that we. It's really hard work that the slavery was. So it's interesting one is like the heroics of the Jewish people and one is just the difficulty of this also the heroics of what we went through Omar um, Abaye, so because we follow we have both things both of the reasons are valid so we need both circle ki of we have to make the choros with apples and we also have to make it thick uh like um uh, like bricks and mortar let's do the rashi and that these are these two words um the um, So Rashi is a little out of it. L'smucha, make it thick. You you add into it many uh, vegetables. I don't know what vegetables. We'll see in a minute what kind of things you put in it. Nuts, other things. To make the charosa should have a thickness to it, like cement. The second thing is kiyua. As, as we said, you have to make sure to put apples. Apples need to be one ingredient of your chorosis. That has the uh, apple So we have to have both things. We have to remember the cement and we have to remember the apple trees. Back to the Gemara. Um, There's a hint uh, like Rabbi Yochanan who said that it, you have to make it thick uh tavlan leteven, that uh they put spices in similar to the straw they you try to put in the charosis little twig like spices uh little pieces of uh cinnamon and other things um to remember the cement um om Omerim uh and uh the Jewish merchants uh in Yerushalayim who were selling the spice dealers. They made sure to remind everybody that they better buy some spices for the holiday. Tagre Cherek Shushalayim, this word is the, the spice dealers in Yushalayim, Bovatolachem Tavolah Mitzvah. Come, buy the spices for the mitzvah. They would tell everybody, don't forget. In other words, sometimes it's a lot cheaper not to buy spices, especially Pesach spices. They would remind everybody you need it for the mitzvah to make it thick and to make it cement like the little twigs and things that were needed for the cherosis. Let's take a look at the Tosus. Uh, it's the second Tosus from the top. And again, we're on... So again, we started today with the Matzah, or the three reasons. And now we're at the charosis And again, there was one view that it's really not so much the focus of mitzvah, but to take the edge off the bitter herbs. And then the second view was, no, it's a mitzvah, a direct mitzvah. Again, either way, it's become the custom. Everybody should do it uh, anyways. But uh, the two reasons given were... Uh, either to remember the heroic Jewish women who gave birth under the apple tree, that's why we eat a mixture of apples, or to remember the cement of the, of the labor that we did. So let's look at Tosas. Tosas adds to it. You need both. They, they, they add wine in to remember the blood. That's why you dip it in the red, you're dipping in the blood. So during the Middle Ages, where they were killing Jews, accusing us of blood, so we got away from this reason. Of uh, in fact, uh, the says not to use red wine in the Seder night because uh, uh, of the you know in Europe, Pesach was a very dangerous holiday. But uh, basically, what he says is that you. Uh, you make the charosis, and when you get ready to eat it, you pour a little wine over. See, if you pour the wine over early, it'll get absorbed in there. So he's saying that you pour the wine to remember the blood. Uh, that's just interesting. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, he says, <machlish nosa be yayin v'chometz> wine and vinegar. Well, the at first, now we have a new explanation. The Tshuva Segonim says, that, yeah, so, so far, we've said the charosis is made of apples, and it's made of spices that look like cement or like uh, 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 twigs or things to thicken it. Now, the, uh, and then Tosa's added that you add wine. We've already got three ingredients. What else do you want to add? So, in the chuvas, the recipe, every, and by the way, there are a lot of recipes for charosis. Different people have different re- So, the chuvas agonim says you make charosis from fruits, the Jewish people are fruity. <laughs> they, are, they're, they're, they are compared to fruits. Fruits are considered a big luxury. Uh, in ancient times, only the wealthiest could afford fruits. And fruits uh, symbolize the delight of uh, the Jewish people are compared to fruits. So, that's the apple tree. Pomegranates. They put pomegranates in their charosis. Hatena, uh, kanata, they put uh, figs in their pomegranate, in their uh Amar te'ola they put dates. Egos alginus egos, they put nuts. V'shekeidim, they put almonds. Hashem made the redemption early. So now we've got a complicated recipe from Tostos here. If you want to do them all, you're going to need a pomegranate, you're going to need figs, you're going to need dates and nuts and almonds. I, I don't know if you need them all, but those were all the customs to put uh, things that you often find in the um, in the harosis. Okay. Yeah. Isn't, isn't there another gemara or a yeah. matter or something that the um, that the Egyptians took the Jewish babies and, and put them in in the in the bricks and the walls or something like that? There was. A, it, it does. It doesn't say that that was done uh, well. It, it mentions that when they made the decree that we had to get our own straw, they said, if you're short, we'll, we'll fill, it, fill it up with your children. Or the uh, there was Micha that was actually one of the babies that was thrown in. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, and, and it, it seems that the babies are the common denominator of all the ingredients here. So the <laughs> the, the no, because okay, the, you know, mm-hmm. it's a tapuach that the, the women had the babies, and yet some of the babies were actually killed and used in the in the actual construction. That's um, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't think about it, but you you're know, connecting the and two, right? Right there go. The, the, the blood and everything else. I mean, it, it all it, it, it's it's no matter no matter how you look at it, it comes back to the babies. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's very interesting, yeah. Um, hmm. I don't know what to make of that, but it. Yeah, yeah, the, that's also, okay, very, so it's really, um, it's interesting also, all the symbolism in the charosis, it's a very magical dish when it comes down to it, uh, um, uh, the, the, uh, the nuts and the almonds and the, the love of the Jewish people, and, uh, okay, very good. But I, I appreciate that, Daria, I hadn't thought of the two connecting the way they do, but you are correct. New Mishnah. Now we get to the Moskulok Kosheini. We're up to the second cup. Uh, again, this word Mosk means you mix the second cup. That's how they did it. Uh, you mix the second cup. shol aviv. And this is where we get the little kids, and they stand them on the chair, and we say, now time to ask the questions. im ain 't das Ben. Now what happens if the child doesn't uh, didn't go to school, doesn't know what to say? So then, aviv milamdo. And then the father should uh, teach him. If the child doesn't know, so that's exactly, Pesach's a teachable moment. Um, in fact, some people complain that the kids learn so much in school that they come to tell us what they learned instead of us teaching them. Yep. Um, and uh, we, we have to try to find a way to teach them something. But sometimes they're just told, you know, you bring all their notes and they come and they, they tell their story. Uh, but, um, uh, but okay. So Manishtana Halayla Zeh, so this is the famous Manishtana, which comes from the Mishnah, uh, which, again, we should, uh, there's a reason that uh, we uh, put so much to the, the Manishtana is, is, a, is a lesson that's been taught to Jewish children for, for thousands of years. I mean, what other people have a, has something like that, you know? We, we said the Manishtana when we were children, and our grandparents said it when they were children, and hopefully our grandchildren will say it too. So Manishtana, Elayla, Zemikola, why is this night different than all their nights? All other nights we eat chametzumatza. Pesach night, there's no chametz. That's the, that's the first thing a child should notice. That's the the, the defining aspect of Pesach is that there's no chametz. So that's question number one, or or something that uh, which should be noticed. On all other nights we eat other veggies. Somebody was saying, how do you get your kids to eat veggies? (laughs) But other nights, we eat all kinds of veggies. Uh, Potato chips, right? Halayla zamora. Tonight, all we eat is bitter herbs. So far, that's the only veggie that's been brought to the... They didn't get to the meal yet. So the vegetables that they've had, uh, they've been offered uh, some uh, yummy horseradish. Wait wait a minute. I know it's missing the word kulo here, which I often see in Haggadahs. But we just had on the previous Mishnah that we had shar for for carpas. So, so one yes, second, um, the uh, your question about kulu tosus asked the fourth Tosus from the bottom, halala zemarhade lo amar Kulumar mar shar That's because uh, we did use uh, we had the parsley or the uh, um, we had the uh, the radish or whatever uh, the cucumber or whatever it is that people eat for the haros for the carpas. So that's why it doesn't say kulumara, but on other nights, we, we, nobody voluntarily would eat something very bitter alone. Uh, but tonight, how come we're eating the bitter stuff? Does that, does, does Tosas deal with the issue that you were just raised, or at least partially? Yeah, no, that was it. That was oh. my question. Oh, okay. So very good. That's exactly what he was bothered by, too. Okay, Shabbat Koleilos Now, this one we don't have because uh, right now we don't get to eat Korban Pesach on all other nights. We eat meat, uh, it, however, the, the family's favorite. Sometimes we roast it, sometimes we broil it, sometimes we boil it. Um, with meat, there are all kinds of ways to cook meat. Uh Pesach night, uh, all they had was roasted lamb, roasted goat. That was it. Shibakol Halalos. And uh, then that, that again, today. Why is that a question? What? I mean, why is that a question? Maybe they just had roasted lamb that night. I mean, other nights they have different things. Tonight they had this. So I assume that not everybody likes it one way. So, uh, or, you have different options, usually. Yeah, different options, right. And so how come tonight, uh, well, you got to eat it this way. But I don't like it that way. I prefer to have it. The, that's the way I understood it. But I think that's a good question. Uh, um, in other words, why, if they only had one meat, so uh, uh, how would you know? Coollessly, um, almost sounds like that's the only, uh, but that's how I understood it, Okay. I guess the other thing is that they haven't gotten to the meal yet, so he doesn't necessarily know what he's going to eat. Right. So I was wondering if he sees what's, how the cooking looks. Uh-huh. In other words, usually you – this lamb, you know, when you have a lamb on a spit or a goat, it's very noticeable, and the, right. the smell is going to waft throughout the house, and it's been, you know, for a long time. So uh, the, uh, on other nights, uh, maybe you take a vote. Maybe you see what the family wants. Tonight, there was no question this is how it's going to be served, Okay, but that's a good point. I think that's a valid, valid observation. Um, so over here, there seems to be a difference in the exact wording. But the question is, how many dips? anu Other nights, we don't always have dips. We don't always dip. Sometimes we don't even dip at all. Tonight, you got two dips. We dip in the salt water. We dip in the charosis. Now, uh, according to what the child understands, the father teaches. This is an important lesson. A lot of times the Haggadah goes up. Wouldn't we in general, like throughout the year, if you were eating this uh, vegetable, dip it because of the concern about the bugs anyway? It really doesn't matter if it's Pesach night or not. Whenever you eat that vegetable, you have to dip it because you want to take out the bugs. Uh, correct if that 's the particular so you 're saying this really connects to the previous one, in other words, why tonight we 're eating more so that we understand why we dip it, uh, but I, I guess it, it, see that would be the question, why twice because uh, the, the, the um, carpus was not moar, so why do we, why are we always dipping our vegetable so you 're correct if we 're always eating bitter herbs we 're going to dip it, but we wouldn 't have naturally dipped the carpus. Uh, <laughs> That, that would be the focus on the shtay problem twice. Why twice? The car, right. yeah. If the car something other than the road. The, the... But I, I think what you're asking is, why do we say that we don't? So if you look in the parentheses, it says we're not obligated to dip. What if you say, well, I, I'm okay. There's, there's always that person that could swallow the horseradish as is. <laughs> so uh, you're not obligated to dip. And over here, it seems to be like you're obligated to dip. Um, and it kind of deals with another question, which is what if you really don't, uh, if you want to skip the, uh, if you don't, uh, you don't mind eating the horseradish or our romaine lettuce really doesn't need to be dipped or you don't like carosis, should you force yourself to do it? Is it just a practical thing or is it already a custom? Uh, but that gets into the, re- whether you read those words or not, whether you're obligated to dip, you know? Uh, I don't care what you like, just uh, dip it, and tough luck if you don't like our <laughs> what's the What's the way to go? So uh, I believe that's part of the issue here with the text. Okay. Uh, now, uh, what I was uh, saying over here is that the Mishnah goes out of its way to tell you, make sure that whatever you're going to say Pesach night speaks to the crowd. One of the interesting things about the Haggadah is we begin in Aramaic instead of Hebrew. And uh, being that the Haggadah is a, is a biblical mitzvah from the Torah, you would think we would stick to Hebrew. Uh, it's and Kodesh. One of the reasons that we do it in Aramaic is that we want to make sure that it, we speak to the people. They understood. That was the, the language of the common person. And so that's, that's the halacha that you have to try. So the reality is we have lots of people at the Seder. So you have to speak to the kids, you have to speak to the adults, you have to speak to the learned, you have to speak to the unlearned. But, that's a, but that appears to be the, mis, the, the mitzvah, the, or at least with the father, lefid daytusho ben in milamdo. That gets into the four questions also. You never find that in other places, that you need four different drushes, um, four different dvartorahs, because you want to speak to how, wherever the kid is holding. Uh, and then another rule, masl begnu sumisaim bishvach. You begin the Seder uh, with the uh, Gnus, which usually uh, they, we're going to see in the Gemara two ways to translate it. You either begin with the sadness or the difficulty, and you get to the praise that when things get good, you start off with the slavery and the affliction, and you end up with the redemption. That's one way to see it. Or you start off with our embarrassment. You start off with the idea that we were idolaters and that we. Uh, we don't look down at other people because we also made mistakes. That's that's where we also came from that. And we begin from a Rami Ovidavi from uh with Lovin, where he he tried to destroy our father, Kula. Okay. Let's see the Gemara. and our rabbis taught, Chacham Beno Shola. Uh the um, uh, if a person is the sage, uh, so his son will ask him the questions. Uh, uh, um, if he's, uh, I'm sorry, if the son is a wise son, so he'll be paying attention to the Seder and he'll ask the questions. What if he's not asking any questions? Then his wife will ask the questions. What happens if not his wife and not his kids are interested in asking any questions? Or there is no wife and kids. Who so It's a COVID Seder. So, you know what? Who's Sholatmo? There are many people that say this is the first year their wife asked them the four questions. You know, like the, they had a real Seder husband or what, you know, or they, uh, where they actually got involved. So uh, you ask yourself the questions. Even if they know the answers and they even know all the laws, Sholatmo, they ask each, each other. Uh, Pesach Night, we'll see. Again, you have to. Uh, the, the question really is how does the Gemara know this? Where does it come from? Uh, the idea of asking. It comes from the Psukim in the Torah. So then we said, We dip once. And tonight we dip twice. Uh, do, do we mean, are you required? Do we always dip once? It's not enough if you dip once? Who said you got to dip at all? His version, he says, we're not obligated on all the other nights we don't even have to dip once Halilaza, tonight we gotta dip twice um uh are, are you obligated um what, what why is that an obligation? are you teaching them that you're that's it's an it's a uh it's an obligation Kiev is not a we don't take that word lightly are we obligated is it is it a uh, so, Ella this is what it means to say, we don't usually dip once, tonight we dip twice. Uh, we take out that word Khiv. chiv is a strong word. Let's see the Rashbam on that word chiv, three lines from the bottom. Uh, are, are we doing the dipping? Is it an obligation to do, why do we dip? One of the reasons that we dip is so that the children will notice that we're, hey, how come you're always dipping? <laughs> what's, what's the deal with the dip? You don't always dip. Uh, so, Chiv what, what do we mean, Chiv? This is just for education. The idea, the things that we do to get the children to ask, that's part of the teaching, but it's not an obligation. It's not, a, it's not an obligation like a mitzvah. It's, we do things in an unusual way. Those are reminders. So, the Gemara is asking on the wording why did you use the word obligated to dip? It's not obligated to do It's one of the customs to get the kids awakened. And then we said that you start off with the, uh, the, the negative and you go to the positive. So what exactly is the Gnus? What's the negative? So uh, really all these things are, are worthy of, uh, of deep explanations and drushes and things like that. We save that for the Seder, uh, not for Dafyomi. Raf Rav says, over mm-hmm. diverse he says that the, the, the uh, thing we start with is that our forefathers worshipped idols, Hayavu senu. that's the Gnus. Vushmul says, No, the Gnus is the suffering. We were slaves. Omer Le'Rev Nachman, that's a famous story. Rev Nachman had a servant called Doro. So at the Seder night, Rev Nachman called his servant Doro to the front of the table. And he said, A servant whose master gave him his freedom, the kispa vidav, and then the master gave him gold and silver. My boy Lamaymar, what should that servant say? So you gotta imagine what's going on in Doru's mind over here. He said, You know, would you think a servant would appreciate it if his master gave him his freedom in gold and silver? What would he say? boy la boy, that servant should be so should Praise that master and thank him. he said, Thank you, Doru. Patamilom Remanishana we don't need to say Manishtana anymore. Pasuk viomra avonimayinu. And uh, it sounds like he skipped the manishtana. Um But what this seems to indicate is that there are other ways to give over the lesson of the manishtana. Uh That's what that seems to indicate. Um, there is, what do we see over here? One second. Um, I saw something. I can't find it. Um The uh, uh, it's a uh, yeah, there is a Rashbam here, the last line Pasuk um No, okay, I must have seen something somewhere else. All right, let's go that was the story of Doru the servant. Let's see the Mishnah Rebbe Gawiyah And this is also straight from the Haggadah um, Again, the fact that the Haggadah is a Mishnah, it's Torah Shabal Pah it's really part of our Torah, the, the exact um, uh, a sitter sometimes is prayers the Haggadah is really straight from the uh, it's from the Torah and from the Mishnah as we turn the page anybody doesn't say these three things they don't do the mitzvah um, and and these are the uh, the three things that you have to say you have to explain the reasons for them as we explain what's the reason of Pesach three lines from the top, that Hashem jumped over the houses of our forefathers, that even though we were guilty of the same crimes and potentially our firstborns deserved to die, the firstborns participated in idol worship, which meant that they killed people. They offered human sacrifices, and they did idol worship, and they committed adultery. That All three of the major sins were part of idol worship. And the Jewish firstborns, uh, some of them also uh, did those uh, religious services. So, in theory, if you were punishing the heads of the households that were involved in that kind of behavior, the Jewish firstborns should have been uh, should have died as well. But Hashem said no; uh, they have a future. They can remove themselves from those kind of sins, and he jumped over the How he passed over. We, it refers to redemption. When we left Egypt, our bread didn't have a chance to rise. The Egyptians embittered our lives. They made our lives bitter, so we eat moror. And we continue on, and this is from the text of the Haggadah, called Dovidor. In every generation, a person is obligated to see himself. As, you very rarely have a time where you have to use your imagination. <laughs> it's really amazing. You're supposed to, the Seder night, picture yourself being, uh, 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 being enslaved and, uh, and making bricks and being whipped by a taskmaster. The mitzvah is to envision it. You're obligated to see it as if you yourself were there, and Hashem took you out. You will tell your son on that day, what Hashem did for me when I left uh, Mitzrayim. These are many words of praise, uh, seven words altogether. Um, The tosas on the bottom um. Uh. The previous page. Let's go back. Why do we? Um, for whatever reason, the uh, some of the uh, the printers got the tosos mix, mixed up. But he says, why seven praises? Sheva Velo Yos are not more Knevid Zion Wachiam because of the seven heavens. Uh, okay. So we say the. I don't know if it means because we're in seventh heaven. I don't know where that expression comes they they got it right. there are seven heavens, but that's the expression I'm in seventh heaven, so uh the Seder Night we're in seventh heaven, and so therefore we say seven expressions of uh of thanksgiving. so let's read the words again. We're about five lines up um Ana Ki, La Ho Sa lefer la de la we are obligated to do all these praises to who? Senu to the one that did it for our forefathers and for us, as calling all these miracles. Hotsiani took us out, May from slavery to freedom, Me from woe to joy, Me from morning to holiday, from darkness the Orgado to big light, from enslavery to redemption. when we say praise, uh, so we keep on going. How far do we go in the Hal? Just the first paragraph. Ubez Hillel says, no, we go we do two paragraphs of hallow. Again, there's a deeper meaning here in the debate. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, maybe I have it off, but I counted. It. it seems like there are eight words of praise. Nine of them. It's more uh-huh. than seven. Um. That's correct. Okay, we'll have to we'll have to see it's, what Tosas talking about then. Okay, it's nine of them, yeah, because uh, Tosas goes out of his way uh. to say not more. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm saying maybe 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 two of them are the same, or I'm, I'm I started counting wrong. But if you start with laudos and you go to locales, it's nine. Wow. Okay. Lajodos well, well, may be the general term oh, for praise, oh. and then there are there are eight specific ones, but there certainly aren't seven. Okay, I'll have to look into that. Um, that, that's a good point. Uh, thank you for noticing that as well. Okay. Wow. All right. Uh, there must be, I wonder if Tosis had a different uh, version uh, when he says, went out of his way to say, maybe that's why they bumped him to the previous page, but I don't know. Okay. Back to the mark. So uh, the question is, how far do you go? So we mentioned either first paragraph of Halo, Beishama, or Beis Hill, the second paragraph. We're on the uh, first wide line. When you finish with the bracha of Geula, Rev Tarfin said, go on of a they it's rhyme. Belo he didn't finish off with the bracha. Rev Yikiva, he added, Cain Hashem, it's also a blessing for the future. That Hashem, our God and the God of our fire, gave that we should also reach future holidays. They should come to greet us in peace. And those holidays should be in Lashan uh, HaBab Yushalayim. Samek Vinin Yirecha, Vesasim Babarusachim, and Echosham. We actually include most of these in our, in our version. Let's begin the Gemara. We have to make sure that we mention us, not just our forefathers. We got out, Hos and Misham. You got to pick up the matza When you mention it, it's got to be picked up. And when you say more, we got to do visuals, Pesach night. But when you mention the Korban Pesach, don't pick up your shank bone. You don't pick it up. And not only that, if you point to it, it makes it look like you're bringing sacrifice. So it's very important. Matzah, you say this matzah. Morur, you say this morr. But with the shank bone, you don't say this this Korban Pesach. If you're blind, you don't have to say the Haggadah. How do we know? Because it says over here, because of this, it says a similar thing by the rebellious son. And over there, Pratlusuma, if the parents are blind, um you can't blame the kid. Afkan, Here also, this wording means blind people are exempt. are you sure blind people don't have to celebrate Pesach? Marema. says, Shout to de The famous sage Rabbi Yosef, was blind. So they asked a question in his house Omra who said the Haggadah? usually the head of the house reads but since he was blind did he read Yosef So Yosef um, my, um and uh so uh the Gemara said uh I'm sorry be Yosef Agadita be, who said it Yo- uh, Yosef um uh who said it in the house of Rev uh, Yosef so Rosheshis. So basically both of them read the Haggadah. Both great blind sages read the haggadah in their houses. So we just said blind people don't read the haggadah. And here we see they did. So the more answers, It could be that they held that Matzah is Rabbanan, and so the Seder is Dirabban, and since it's Dirabban, blind people could read. But cloud said is Does that mean he held that matzah is minah Torah? For Rav Yaakov, he's actually the opinion who says that since we don't have Korban pesach matzah, also bismanazzedra banim. So Glamura answers even if the Seder is rabbinic, kol risa However, the rabbis would do it, they would do it the way the Torah did it. And if men at Torah, you can't have a blind person leading the Seder, so today where it's rabbinic, you can't have a blind person doing it. So even if today it's rabbinic, how could they read the Seder? So that's the question. So the Gemara answers, how are you talking? Really, they argue and say blind people are obligated in the Seder. What about our question from the Pesach by the rebellious son? over there where it says this is our son and it should have said he's our son and when it says this is our son it means that they're able to look and point to him if the parents are blind we let the son off from being judged rebellious Um, it's a deep symbolism if the parents don't see the kid's faults then how can you blame the kid that he turned out the way he is but over here there's no reason to darshan that way. Uh, if over here when it said because of this, my uh, lamikta, what else should it have said? The word bavur is, is because of this, meaning not that it's visual, but because of the matzah and The bottom line is that that they follow the opinion that blind people are obligated to uh, say the seder. And we follow the opinion that says matzah is the erisa, by the way, so even though there is a minority opinion that says it's mid-rub Okay, we will stop here. Lots to talk about. Okay.